right. Good evening. Glad that you're here tonight. Looking forward to spending a little bit of time studying God's Word together tonight. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 56 with me. Psalm 56, it's hard to believe that we're just three Wednesdays away from uh, getting ready to have Thanksgiving. And uh, I was looking at the calendar. There's three Wednesdays, then there's a week of Thanksgiving, and then we're in December. Hard to believe it. Year is flying by. And so I want to take a few Wednesday nights here, at least in November, and look at a few different psalms that are of particular blessing to me and hope to be an encouragement to you, especially as we think about thanksgiving and praising the Lord. And we have much that we can praise Him for. And in Psalm 56, it speaks about this praise that we are to give to our Lord. Tonight at the end of the service, we'll take some time in prayer and ask the Lord to help deal with some specific situations but we also can praise Him for the answers to prayer and His goodness to us. And so be thinking about those things that you could share at the end of the service. In Psalm 56, we have a psalm that at least the scribes have attributed to uh, something that King David wrote as he was running from King Saul and as he was hiding out uh, in Gath. And uh, it's an interesting story. So if you, we'll come back to Psalm 56, but just to get a little bit of background on the story, I'm going to look over at uh, 1 Samuel 21 and just read a couple of verses to you from there. You're welcome to turn with me, or I think it'll be on the screen behind me. 1 Samuel 21, this speaks about David as he's running from King Saul. Remember, King Saul felt threatened by David, and so he's chasing him down, trying to kill him, and David, in the beginning of chapter 21, he goes to Ahimelech the priest and he gets some bread there from the showbread and he eats the showbread and then the priest gives him Goliath's sword. Kind of an interesting full circle thing there. Of course, we know the story of David and Goliath and then David ends up with Goliath's sword now to be able to use to defend himself. But it says in 1 Samuel 21 and verse 10, and David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul. He was afraid of Saul, rightly so. Saul was the king, and uh, Saul was out to kill him. And he went to Ashish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Ashish said unto him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Ashish, the king of Gath. So he's afraid of Saul, he's afraid of Ashish, and it says, And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Ashish unto his servants, Lo, ye see the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of madmen that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? And so from that point, chapter 22, it says David departs and he goes to the cave of Abdullam. And there, as he's in this cave, many different men from all different backgrounds. We see the beginnings of David's mighty men as they came to him. Other men that were running from the law, other men that Saul was after them, other men that were concerned about their problems, they came to David. And it was during this time we read of God's encouragement that he gave to David. And so in Psalm 56, 
It's almost like a, a back and forth as David cries out to God and he shares his fears with God. And then as, and then as he's reminded of God's goodness to him. So tonight I have seven very simple points that I want us to look through. Three that are concerns, things that bring fear in our life. And then four that talk about why we can trust in the Lord. The first one is found in verses 1 and 2, where we see that concern over what others will do to us can bring us fear. Notice in Psalm 56, verse 1, it says this, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would sm swallow me up. Who was after David to swallow him up? King Saul. And then he goes to Asius. He is also after him as well. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Verse 2, mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high. You think about this, David, he's running in fear from Saul. He goes to Gath. Then he's afraid of the king of Gath. So what is his first response? It's just to act like a crazy man. Uh, he pretended to be crazy, and he scrabbled on the doors, it says. He let the spit fall down on his beard. I mean, you think about this response. This is a man who is struggling and doesn't know what to do with his situation. His fear of men who are after him to destroy him have driven him to do things that most normal people wouldn't do. And so David here, he's crying out to God, asking God for mercy and saying, God, my enemies want to swallow me up. David was afraid of what men would do to him. David was afraid even daily for what was coming his way. We live in a culture today, too, where people live in a lot of fear over a lot of things. I pulled up a news website today just to check on the news, and almost every headline has to do with some problem or something that people are afraid of, whether it's a disease or a sickness or something going on in our government or something going on with a war or an enemy or a terrorist or some freedom that we're going to lose or whatever else. There's a lot to, that we could be afraid of. We can be afraid of what people may do to us. The reality is this, there's lots of evil in the world, there's lots of problems, there's lots of sin, there's lots of things that we could be afraid of. We can be afraid of what others could do to us. That's not the only reason we see his fear here. We also see in verses 5 and 6 his fear not only of what others would do to him, but also what they said about him. And I think this is true for us today as well, that concern over what others will say about us can bring us fear. Notice in verses 5 and 6 of Psalm 56, every day they rest my words. He said, it's, it's like they're twisting my words around and using them against me. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves and they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. He was concerned about what people were going to say about him, how they were going to use his words against him. He was concerned because he says, they're waiting for my soul. They're watching my steps. They're plotting out their ways to harm me and destroy me. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but that's how David felt when he wrote these words in Psalm 56. There's a lot to be afraid of in this world. So there's the fear of what others may do to us. There's the fear of what others may say about us or their plans 
to harm us. But I think he also gives another fear in verse 7. A fear that sometimes we struggle with when we look at a sinful world. There's a concern that others will get away with their sin. That brings fear. But God, what if they get away with what they're doing wrong? Notice what it says in verse 7. Shall they escape by iniquity? I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like that. God, why are you letting the bad people get away with the bad stuff? He says, in thine anger, cast down the people, O God. He calls out for God to cast them down. Sometimes it seems like the evil ones get away with their evil and there seems to be nothing and no, no, nothing to check their advance. So we see three different types of fear here. Fears of what others can do, fears of what others may say about us or plan for us, or fear about the fact that others seem to be getting away with their sin. That there's no judgment. Only those that are trying to do right are having it hard. Everybody that does it wrong has it easy. So notice then David's responses to all of these fears. The first one we see back in verse 3 and 4. See, when our trust is in an almighty God, we don't have to be afraid. That's what David says in verses 3 and 4. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. That means daytime, nighttime, anytime. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust, David says, in thee. Verse 4, in God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh... Can do unto me. I think we see a contrast here. He says, I'm not going to be afraid of what flesh can do because my faith is in God. He's, I think, highlighting here the qualities that differentiate God, our Father, from flesh. God is eternal. He has no ending and no beginning. Flesh has an ending and a beginning. God has all power. Nothing can stand against Him. Flesh does not have all power. The flesh is weak. God has all knowledge, and as the flesh, we are finite in our knowledge. We can't know all things. God is everywhere present, and as flesh, we're locked into one location at one time. He says, I, have, I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. So is it possible that flesh can do things to us? Yes. Others could hurt us. Others could say things about us. Others may even seem for a time to get away with their sin. Those fears are very real things. And yet David says, in the face of those fears, I will choose to put my trust in God. And I would encourage you, we can trust the Lord because we serve an almighty God. But there's another reason that we can trust the Lord. We see this in verses 8 and 9. Not only can we trust in an almighty God so we don't have to be afraid, but also when our trust is in a God who cares deeply and personally for us, we don't have to be afraid. Look at verse 8. David says, Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. 
I think that's one of the greatest statements in all of the Bible. For God is for me. I've underlined that in my Bible. Because it doesn't always feel like that, does it? David here in verse 8, he says, God, you know where I'm going. Thou tellest my wanderings. Sometimes our life feels a bit like a wandering, doesn't it? Here, there, I'm not sure where I'm going or where I'm going to end up and what my purpose for this day is. God knows every step that we take. And then this is a very poetic way to say this in the middle part of verse 8. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. God, as it were, knows every single tear that we shed. And he's remembering them, he's collecting them, he's saving them, he's keeping a record of them. God cares deeply and personally for us. And then he asks a question, are they not in thy book? God, don't you have a record of it? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is, yes, he does. God has a record of all those tears. God has an understanding of what we're dealing with and what we're going through. The Bible tells us over in the New Testament, Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are yet. He was without sin. So as Hebrews tells us, we have a high priest that we can take our struggles to because he understands our infirmities. He understands those struggles. I think it's a wonderful thing to know that we're trusting in a God who cares deeply and personally for us. And he encourages us with that thought at the end of verse 9, for God is for me. Maybe you need to write that out, put it on your mirror, so when you wake up in the morning, you're not sure what you're going to do that day. Oh, wait a minute. Everybody else may be against me, but my God is for me. Might be helpful to have on your desk at work, you know, before you're having to deal with that problem, whatever it is, or that person. Wait a minute. God is for me. Some of you might not want to put it out on your desk for fear of what others may say. Stick it inside your drawer so you can open it up and see it. Remind yourself that God is for you. It's a wonderful thing. But how is God for us? Well, God is for us ultimately to advance His plan, advance His purpose, advance His kingdom. And we get to experience God's working through us and power through us as we continue to walk in obedience to Him and fulfill His purpose for our life. For God is for me. David gives us some wonderful reasons that we can trust in the Lord. We can trust in Him because He's almighty. We can trust in Him because He cares deeply and personally for us. I don't have to be afraid. God is for me. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 echoes this when it says, If God be for us, who can be against us? But we've seen two reasons that we don't have to be afraid that we can trust in God, but the psalm doesn't stop here. We see in verses 10 through 12 a third reason that we can trust in the Lord, that we don't have to be afraid. We see that when our trust is in a God who keeps His promises, we don't have to be afraid. God always keeps His promises. Notice verse 10, In God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. If you think of this as a song, this is like the chorus. He's repeating what we just read back in verses 3 and 4. So why don't I have to be afraid? Verse 12, thy vows 
are upon me. God keeps his promises. When God makes a vow, he, he doesn't break it. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. I would tell you one of the greatest outward demonstrative ways that we can show our trust in the Lord is to give God praise. When we can't praise God, it's because we're not trusting in God. And I believe our trust in God is demonstrated in a wonderful way when we're able to praise God. Even in the valley, even in the difficult times, God is good. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God is right there with us. His rod and His staff, they comfort us. Still being able to praise the Lord even when things are difficult. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. And as he says here, I will praise His Word. In the Lord will I praise His Word. There's wonderful confidence here. He's trusting in a God who keeps His promises. Where did God record His promises for us? Right here in His Word. So my praise and my trust, my hope is in the Word of God. Do you know His Word? It's hard to praise a God and trust in a God that we don't know. The more you know God, I think the better you can trust in Him because you'll know His promises. You'll better be able to praise Him because you'll know better who He is. These are some great reasons not to be afraid, some great reasons to trust in God because He's almighty, because He cares deeply and personally for us, because He keeps His promises. But I think it's as if David in this psalm is, is building up in his reasons to praise the Lord. He gives this first reason, we serve an almighty God. And yes, well, I, yeah, I know that. This almighty God cares about you personally. Oh, that's really encouraging. And this almighty God who cares about you personally always keeps his promises. But the fourth reason given in Psalm 56 to praise the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to not be afraid is found in verse 13. And it's a wonderful reason we can trust in God. When our trust in, is in a God who has already saved us, we don't have to be afraid. You see verse 13? For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt not thou deliver my feet from falling? That's a great question. God, if you've already delivered me from death, won't you also deliver my feet from falling? It's as if he's arguing from the greater to the lesser, right? God's already done this really big thing. He's already delivered my soul from death. And if God can do that, don't, don't you think he can help keep your feet from falling? Which is easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or rise, take up thy bed and walk. Jesus asked that question to the religious leaders of the day who were doubting Jesus' ability to forgive sins. And so Jesus said, rise, take up thy bed and walk, as proof that he also had the power to save the man from his sin. If God has already delivered your soul from death, he's also able to lift up your feet from falling. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling? Why? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. I think we can see in this last question in verse 13 as he finishes off with this question, 
God, you've already delivered my soul from death. God, you've already put me in a place where I can bring glory to you because you've saved me. So God, I know you also can lift up my feet from falling. And you'll do that so that I can live in the light of the living. God, so that I can give praise and glory to you. Paul said it well, I think, in Philippians chapter 1 when he said, For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. So whether I'm here serving you, Lord, or whether you take me home to heaven, I'll still be serving you, Lord. God, do whatever you want with me. I know you're completely able to do it. So if I can live in the light of the living by being here, I know you can do it because you've already delivered my soul from death. God, give me the strength to be able to live and trust in you. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Wonderful principles in Psalm 56. Lots more could be said, but very simply, there are lots of things to be afraid of. Just look around. Look inside. Think about what others are saying and others are doing. There's plenty to be fearful about. But as a believer in Christ, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to praise God for so that we can trust Him and not be afraid. We can trust in Him because He's an almighty God. We can trust in Him because He cares personally for each one of us. We can trust in Him because He always keeps His promises. And we can trust Him because if you're a Christian here tonight, He's already saved your soul from the grave. I think these are wonderful reasons to praise the Lord and a lot that we have to give thanks to Him tonight. I hope that you'll take these simple thoughts and meditate on them. When you have those things that come up and that are fears, remind yourself, for God is for me. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. For Thou hast delivered my soul from death. In God have I put my trust I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. In God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. I will render praises unto thee. Do you see all these declarations that David makes here in Psalm 56 of his confidence, his trust in the Lord? So think about it. According to what we know from Bible study, when did David write this? He wrote this when he was running from his, for his life from King Saul. He, he ran to the enemy. It really wasn't a good place to go, and there he was afraid as well. So he ends up in this cave, hiding out for his life. And I wonder, as David's sitting there, who knows, at first mostly by himself, perhaps, he's got the sword of Goliath. I don't know what's going through David's head, but I kind of wonder if... God didn't remind him, where'd that sword come from? Wasn't I with you when you slew the lion and the bear when you were a shepherd? And I was with you when you slew Goliath, Goliath of Gath, by the way. And then God began to send all those other sort of outcasts from society and everybody else to him to encourage him, to be with him, to give him comfort, to give him companionship, to give him help and all those things. Those men, many of them later became part of David's mighty men that went on to do great things and win wonderful battles together. It can be very discouraging at times. and We can find ourselves, even somebody like David, in a place where we have great fears. 
David's response to look to God is the right response to remind ourselves, even if I'm afraid, what time I am afraid. He's acknowledging that he will be afraid, right? Sometimes like, well, just have no fear. No, David's not saying, well, no fear. He's saying, I am afraid. So when I am afraid, I'm going to make sure to turn my thoughts and my eyes towards the Lord. And that needs to be our focus in everything that we do because we serve a great God who has all power, who is for us, who cares deeply about each one of us personally, who always keeps His promises, and He's already done the greatest thing of all, sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sin. Father, help us as we take some time to praise You and thank You and to bring prayer requests before You now to remember that we have a God that is worthy to be praised. We don't have to be afraid. We can trust in You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.